Good morning. So here we are going to deal with another poet, a very famous poet. I know that all of you might have heard about his name, John Keats. John Keats. So let's read the introduction to John Keats given in page number 10. Take page number 10 of your textbook. John Keats 1795-1821 was born in 1791 as the son of Thomas Keats a stable keeper and Francis Keats he was raised in Moorfields in London and attended the Clark School in Enfield after the death of his father due to an accident in 1805 and his mother due to tuberculosis in 1810 he and his three siblings were brought up by his uncle Richard Abbey so think about the childhood days of this romantic poet john keats his parents died during their childhood days and the siblings were left to their uncle and aunt to be looked after at realizing that his true vocation was writing he gave up his apprenticeship to become an apothecary in 1816 after being financially independent at the age of 21 with the inheritance of his grandparents he published his first poem o solitude in 1815 with the help of his friend lay hunt in examiner so lay hunt was a close friend of john keats who helped him in so many matters It was followed by his first major poem on looking into Chapman's Homer 1816 in 1818 Keats famous long poem Endymion which begins with a famous line you might have heard this line a thing of beauty is a joy forever got published and met with negative reviews in Blackwood and Quarterly he met with this lady with his lover fanny brown underline the name because this lady is very important as far as john keats poems are concerned because uh, this lady is the subject of many of his poems anyway our present poem is not having um, fanny brown as the central figure or even she is not addressed Uh, for the fanny brown for the first time in august the same year and got engaged the next year in 1819 which is considered as the annus mirabilis in his career so the period in which the year in which john keats produced so many works that is 1819 keats wrote the six odes and the eve of saint agnes the eve of saint mark label damsas mercy and lamia 1 and 2 In December 1819 John realized that his fate too would be no different from his mother's and younger brother Tom's who died in 1818 in 1820 his health had further deteriorated he moved to Rome bidding a tearful adieu to Fanny Brown in search of better climate and improved health he breathed his last in 19 in 1821 so Keats lived for a very short duration of time even within that short period of life he was able to produce so many uh, poems and books of art which are very famous in roman was buried there shelley's famous poem adene 1821 was an elegy written in memory of his great poet friend so shelley the romantic poet wrote adene praising 
കീറ്റ്സ് സോ ദിസ് ഇസ് എൻ എലിജി വിലാപകാവ്യം റിട്ടൺ ഓൺ ദ ഡെത്ത് ഓഫ് കീറ്റ്സ് ദ മേജർ തീംസ് ഇൻ ദ പോയിംസ് ഓഫ് കീറ്റ്സ് വിത്ത് റെസിപ്രോക്കൽ കൺസേൺസ് ഓഫ് ദ എഫിമിറൽ നേച്ചർ ഓഫ് ലൈഫ് ഇൻ കോൺട്രാസ്റ്റ് ടു ദ ട്രാൻസെൻറ്റൻസ് ഓഫ് ആർട്ട് ദ ക്ലോസ് കോൺട്രാസ്റ്റ് ബിറ്റ്വീൻ ദ ഇമാജിൻഡ് ഐഡിയൽ വേഴ്സസ് ദ എക്സ്പീരിയൻസ് റിയൽ ആൻഡ് ദ പേഗൻ സെലിബ്രേഷൻ ഓഫ് സെൻഷ്യസ് ബ്യൂട്ടി ഓഫ് നേച്ചർ Besides these, Keats dwells in the romantic exploration of nature and its fierceness. As a person who witnessed the force of death during every stage of his life, he was preoccupied with the idea of mortality in most of his lyrics. Accordingly, he explains the inseparability of the opposites of pleasure and pain, joy and sorrow, life and death. and happiness and melancholy besides keatsian poetry is celebrated for the mystical female figures of love ambition and poesy against the medieval chivalrous masculine world keats was a romantic poet romanticism a movement said to have begun with the publication of lyrical ballads by william wordsworth and samuel taylor coleridge in 1798 is defined as a principled protest against classicism Though 1798 is considered the year that inaugurated romanticism, romantic strains were visible in the poetry of William Blake published a decade prior to lyrical ballads. So, before the romantic era of the 18th century, there was a classical period uh, where rules and all were very strict in poetry. Then came the romantic period in which uh, poets were really free to write according to their own wish. Nature was the major subject. Romanticism is a kind of liberalism brought into literature following the ideals of the French Revolution such as liberty, equality and fraternity. Though generally critical of enlightenment rationalism, the romantic revival shares with enlightenment an intense focus on the powers of the human mind. Accordingly, self-division, solitude, subjective longing, all these aspects of the subjectivity are taken as the starting point and theme of many romantic writings. The movement in its first phase was represented by Wordsworth. Coleridge and Sate and in the later phase by the social revolutionaries, if not anarchists like Lord Byron, Percy by Shelley and John Keats. The vileness of nature, the loss of individual within the soul and the creative power of human imagination were so central to this latter phase. Ought to Autumn, written on 19th September 1819, at the height of Keith's poetic skill is, according to F.R. Lewis, about the Shakespearean theme of ripeness is all. So the poem is a very matured one, that is the uh, innocence. Described by Alan Tate as a nearly perfect piece of style, the poem is an attempt to find beauty in the neglected, de-glamorized aspects of nature and life, like Coleridge's dejection and Keats on melancholy. The critical consciences of about the art celebrates it as a pain to the season of autumn. So the season autumn is being glorified here. Name of the poem is Odd to Autumn. See, the season of autumn with its fruitfulness, its flowers and the song of its swallows gathering for migration. In the poem divided into three stanzas of 11 lines written in iambic pentameter, Keats attempts to find beauty in the lengthening days, 
chilly weather and brown fields of fall the time just before winter squelches the last bit of warmth and everyone retreats to their fires and hot cider so about the poem the first answer addresses the autumn as the close bosom friend of the sun the second describes it as a female pagan goddess and the third consoles it by asking to listen to its own music the sensuous synesthetic imagery of each stanza makes the poem according to harold bloom as close to perfect as any shorter poems in the english language so this poem got the uh, appreciation by many writers that is what is being mentioned so this is a perfect poem usually the season summer season and spring seasons are being glorified here the um, merits of autumn season is being glorified season autumn autumn season is not familiar to us isn't it because we don't have uh, such a season as such uh, So listen to the recitation of the poem at one instance afterwards try, uh, try to uh, remind get uh, try to remind yourself of what all things are there in the poem afterwards just listen to the interpretation of the poem or to autumn season of mists and mellow fruitfulness close bosom friend of the maturing sun conspiring with him how to lord and bless with fruit the vines that round the thatches run to bend with apples the most cottage trees and fill all fruit with ripeness to the core to swell the garden plump the hazel shells with a sweet kernel to set budding more and still more later flowers for the bees until the thing warm days will never cease for summer has overbrimmed their clammy cells who hath not seen thee oft amid thy store sometimes whoever seeks abroad may find thee sitting careless on a granary floor thy hair soft lifted by the winnowing wind or on a half reaped furrow sound asleep drowsed with the fume of poppies while thy hook spares the next swath and all its twined flowers and sometimes like a gleaner thou dost keep steady thy laden head across a brook or by a cedar press with patient look thou watchest the last oozings as by as where are the songs of spring eh where are they think not of them thou hast thou music too while bard clouds bloom the soft dying day and touch the stubble plains with rosy hue then in a wailful choir the small gnats mourn among the river sallows born aloft or sinking as the light wind lives or dies and full grown lambs loud bleat from hilly born hedge crickets sing and now with treble soft the red breast whistles from the garden croft and gathering swallows twitter in the skies so let's come back to the first stanza season of mists and mellow fruitfulness so what is autumn autumn is a season of mists mists and mellow mellow means mild mild fruitfulness we cannot see lots of uh, fruits in the season autumn but mild fruitfulness is visible 
Close bosom friend of the maturing sun and autumn season is the close friend of the sun. So autumn and sun are close to each other. Close bosom friend means a friend with whom uh, anything, any secret will be confessed. Not a, a friend as, uh, not a, an ordinary friend but a very close friend. We will be also having such friends, isn't it? So autumn is being personified here autumn and sun both are personified they are taken as friends close friends who would be able to share any uh, secrets conspiring with him how to lord and bless so autumn season with the help of sun is making conspiracy in order to um, make fruits to lord and bless to lord plants and trees with fruits so only with the help of the sun the season autumn will be able to create fruits or flowers conspiring with him so autumn season is making conspiracy in order to lord and bless with fruit the vines that round the thatch eaves run so uh, what is the after effect of the conspiracy so the wine trees the creepers the vines are full of um, fruits and where are the creepers the creepers are in the uh, thatched roofs to bend with apples the most cottage trees so uh, after the conspiracy with the help of the sun the autumn season is able to make apples uh, so the creepers are bent with apples the most cottage trees so most means full of moss covered with moss the thick and uh, the pile in the the thick and low green stuff that can grow on anything and fill all fruit with ripeness to the core so uh, all tree all creepers and plants and trees are full of uh, fruits and um, they are ripe as well. Ripeness to the core means they are ripe. They are ready to be consumed. They are ready to be eaten. To swell the guard and plump the hazel shells. So even the guards, bitter guard or palm or any kinds of guards and uh, hazelnuts, they are all plump. Plump means very fat. They are full. With a sweet kernel to set budding more. So, uh, they are plump and fatty and juicy. They can be eaten. Uh, they, are, they are very fleshy. They can be consumed. At the same time, uh, there are uh, uh, a sweet kernel. Kernel means the innermost portion which is the seed. So, the kernels are important for the um, fruits to be sown again isn't it so with a sweet kernel to set budding more and still more later flowers for the bees then flowers are also laden with honey for the bees until the thing warm days will never cease so what is the um, uh, what is the uh, what is the thought process uh, like in the bees the bees think that the warm days will never come to an end and this uh, season will continue forever for summer has overbrimmed their clammy cells the bees have already collected their um, collected honey and their moist cells or bee hives are overbrimmed they are overflowing with honey 
during the season so go through the glossary so we are just uh, dealing with the first stanza in detail so here uh, we saw uh, a few traits of the autumn season I just go through the uh, stanza again and again we will be taking stanza 2 and 3 in a live session okay so go through the glossary uh, mellow maturing bosom friend thatch most god plump hazel kernel budding overbrimmed clammy that's it until climbing then uh, we have a few questions here in which year was auto uh, autumn written auto autumn was written in the year 1819 the most fruitful year in the life of john keats with whom was keats engaged in 1819 fanny brown fanny brown the name is important for us fanny brown to whom he was ne- never able to get married because he was having the severe illness and he soon died in 1819 he had his engagement and in 1821 he died the figure of speech used in the line the bosom friend of the maturing son is personification so son is being personified autumn is also personified now why is autumn called the season of mists and mellow fruitfulness because autumn is the season in which <coughs> mild snowfall is visible and mild fruitfulness also is visible because fr- fruitfulness is uh, there in the other seasons like summer uh, and uh, mist is visible in uh, winter season not in autumn in autumn we can see mild mist who is called the bosom friend of the maturing son so bosom friend is autumn together with the sun autumn is making conspiracy in order to make all fruits laden with uh, gourds or hazels or whatever it is yeah. so we'll continue with uh, to autumn in the next class during the google meet now the activity also just read the act go through the activity compare the odd to autumn with other significant romantic odds state how they are similar and dissimilar in tone mood and theme shelley's odd to the west wind college's dejection and odd keats on odd odd to nightingale can be used as identical pieces discuss how keats conveys the idea of nature through poetic images find out similar works and say how they employ nature to suggest the cycle of life and death so we will uh, discuss auto autumn in detail during the next hour that's all for today thank you